Mary, what's going to happen on this podcast, and you're going to see this, is that as a woman, you're just going to thrive, and you're going to be like, oh, am I making this too awkward for everybody? Nope, I'm not. I'm going to keep going. (laughs) Small Town Scuttlebutt is sponsored by Royal Pizza. Serving the freshest pizza subs. Pizza subs. Keep going. You can do it. (laughs) Royal Pizza. These are big words, Kathy. I want a pizza sub. They're getting their money's worth. Mike's read here. Does that come with a free Greek salad? I don't know. Does it come with with a coherent (laughs) sentence? Small Town Scuttlebutt is sponsored by... Take two. Royal Pizza. Take three. Serving the freshest pizza subs, dinner platters, and salads at affordable prices. When it's time for pizza, it's time for Royal Pizza. He did it. He did it. That was good job. Good job. Keep going. By ParkStreetBooks.com. Mm-hmm. Jeff Bezos doesn't care about your kids. No, he doesn't. Jim James does. Oh, yeah. So when you need books and toys, go with the good guy at ParkStreetBooks.com. That's sounds like the a po- that sounds like a political ad. <laughs> Mario's Lawn Care. The leaves are falling. Now it's snowing. What's next? <laughs> I hate this weather. Don't worry about it. And just call Mario's Lawn Care. Here it comes, right on time. It's another episode of Small Town Scuttlebutt. I voted to cancel this podcast, and here you are, still listening. Small Town Scuttlebutt is the show where we find out what the people have to say. Traffic lights that are timed wrong makes my morning drive too long. Suburban moms love drinking wine. Let's go check the grievance line. That is Rick, he's a daddy, wrote the post that drove you mad I am Mike, I work with kids, I do the things you wish you did Kathy's always killing time, talking about some unsolved crime We made this podcast just for you Really nailed that kazoo, Rick Oh, alright, a little late there, Kath Thanks, though Recording from a basement in a small town somewhere in the United States of America. Here's Rick Fink Jr., Mike Page, and Kathy Ferris. Hey guys, <laughs> good afternoon or morning, depending on what time you are listening. Um, I am your host, Rick Fink Jr., and I'm in my basement with my friends. Mike Page is sitting across from me, and Kathy Ferris, who's appropriately sitting at the head of our podcasting table. That's true. That's right. Mm-hmm. I, I have this new space. We like you where you are. I Thanks. feel like you sort of keep us, me in line. You know what it is, is that we're all like hyped up when we when we press record, but then we have like 12 minutes of segments and songs and stuff, and then mm-hmm. by the time we get here, my adrenaline is already dipped. <laughs> Yeah, well, and I don't know if you noticed, but halfway through the song, I looked over at Rick, and he looked like he was sleeping on the tee. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, and then as soon as it, the song ended, he like hopped hopped right into it and was, it came to life. But he he really looked like he was dozing off there for a second. I actually was playing um, Survivor's Eye of the Tiger in my head, which is what I do before every show to get pumped up. So that's how you get pumped up, and then you start with, hi, this is Rick. <laughs> <laughs> what was that? Kathy? I'm in my basement. <laughs> well, anyway, today's episode, uh, we've given it a theme, and it's mental health. And this is a lighthearted show. I w- so how are we going to make this work? I don't know. I don't know either. I, I do know that. I'm I, excited about it. I'm excited about I it. I am too. I think it needs to be discussed. I, I want to walk that line where we can talk about serious issues, but we don't necessarily yeah. act Someone finished my sentence. Yeah, I I feel like what we're trying to say, and I don't want to put words in your mouth because you have some beautiful words based on those ads. <laughs> uh, but just normalizing mental health because, you know, everybody is either affected by it or touched by it. So even just talking about it sometimes, just knowing that you're not the only one uh, who struggles with these things or that their kids struggle with it too or you do. I don't know. It just gives some comfort to it. And also just remember that your friend on Facebook that is doing so great and has no problems with mental health they're the ones you need to worry about the most mike is this a cry for help are you okay i'm all right yeah because that you just described yourself i, think. I did and listen to how he's talking is that happy or is that he's just calm no, no been, he's right about this i've been trying to stay only positive because after reviewing the medfield hampton gang down in baltimore your um other medfield yeah uh i've re- i've really 
decided that they've they're onto something. Just everything's positive, and if if you're there for anything else, don't even bother. Mm. And I don't and think I'm, anyone I'm tries trying, to, right? Right. So I'm I'm trying to be positive, but but kind of like be a cheerleader for people too. It's it's so unlike me, but <laughs> I've kind of been enjoying. Oh really? It. Oh yeah, because I, I like. I'll be honest. I judge people all the time, mm. but at the same time, I'm I'm very uh, patient with people, and you know, it's like. But if I'm at a restaurant facing out a window, I love like you. You mentioned a couple weeks ago that you and Jeff love people watching. Mm-hmm. That's like one of my favorite things. City Side Bar and Grill in uh, where is that Brookline? I think. I think so. Yeah. Oh Alston, yeah, yeah, yeah. No. Yeah, that, that, right. yeah, that bar, if you're sitting at the corner uh, in the summertime mm-hmm. looking out the window, there it's the best people watching there is. And, Can I say about And I judge everybody that's mm-hmm. going by. You're right, because all, all walks of life go by there, but they actually have a fantastic comedy show there on Monday nights. You can see some of the best people. Really? People from New York come in and perform there, so... Um, but the location itself, right in the corner of Commonwealth out there, like you really can see a lot yeah. of people. Yeah. yeah. I agree. Like I, I find like I, I think everybody does judge judge people. And one of the things that um, the second thing I do is that I think, okay, how am I projecting my own stuff onto them? Right. It's fun to judge other people when there's something going on that is fun to watch, right? Yes. Or it's close to your stuff. Honestly, mm-hmm. when I see somebody lose it on their kid in public, I feel alive. Like, I feel like myself. Like, I'm not the only one. I'm not saying that we should lose it on our kids, and I don't mean it like that, but you know what I'm talking about, right? Mm-hmm. That, right. I'm, maybe I should clarify that, but I'm not going to, mm-hmm. because I have... You know what I did this weekend um, in Daylight Saving Time? I threw out all my journals because I'm super afraid of, I'm not afraid of dying, but I'm afraid of somebody reading my journals. Have you taken them to the transfer station already? Nope, I've been driving around with them. And now I'm afraid I'm going to be in a car crash and all they're going to have is my journals to identify me by. Oh boy. Yeah. (laughs) Just go out to the car. Yeah. I will say though that uh, sometimes I, when, when I was writing these, I do write nice stuff too. Just to cover my butt, just in case, like I didn't get to throw them out. Does anybody else do that? Like when you're writing a new, I don't do even you guys have journal? A journal no. You guys don't journal. I have uh, about four or five of them, and they're anywhere between a third to two thirds filled. And that just might be with a function with, of ADD, where you just accumulate a bunch of these things and never really mm-hmm, admit to just mm-hmm. one of them. Yeah, he's so. Yeah. Thank he's you, by them. the way. We should mention Kathy uh, gifted Mike and I. I don't know what is up with the gift giving, guys. But you're crushing me in this game because I haven't given anyone anything. It's more of like a notebook that I gave you than a journal because I love notebooks. But you put it in a nice gift bag with colored tissue paper and it came with a card that says, and... Don't read the cards. No, I will. It's mine. It's property of me. This is Mike's. Um, (laughs) Wait. Did you say the same thing? Looking forward to season two. A little bit different. The second That's pretty timely seeing that we're a month in. It has been so much fun working with you. Yeah, we're Thanks still for awaiting. inviting me onto the team. Heart Kathy. Right. It's now, pretty timely, but we're still awaiting the gift from Rick. Right, right. The yeah. difference with those is the second line is different, and your your heart, when I did it, um, it was... Black. didn't come out right. It didn't come out right, so I colored it. Yeah, black. And um, Mike's, I did not. And the cards are different. Well, Kathy, here's a little gift that I'll give to you. Actually, already gave it to you. Today I went into our host site that we post up this stuff. Okay. And I added you to the copyright. Wow. So now it says Rick Fink Jr., comma, Mike Page, ampersand, Kathy Ferris. I am sending an email to my lawyer right now. I thought you'd appreciate this. Oh, I do. Okay. Right. I just like yeah. to keep track of the things that I've got a little bit of intellectual property on. Okay. Yeah, and Rick, backtracking a little bit, I can't wait There's to see There's nothing intellectual about this show, though. <laughs> I can't wait to see that notebook uh, three quarters filled with those really cool uh, angular letter S's that girls used to make in their notebook. Yeah. I, I could still do that. Uh, I, I taught. I taught my kids that. Of course you did. And they taught their friends that, so I'm very proud. The other one, does anyone else know the True Love Forever T L True Love Forever? There used to be girls in like fifth grade that got a boyfriend and they write their names with True Love For Dash Eva. But you could put it in like a twisted sister looking logo. You know what's funny? If you're under thirty, you probably I had never 
seen the thing that you're talking about until mm-hmm. I think it was two years ago. Uh, someone in Medfield asked me to woodburn an ornament <laughs> with their initials and that. And I was like, I've never seen that before. But yeah, yeah. So I do know what you're talking about only because of that. What's the weirdest thing somebody asked you to stencil? I don't know. I've had a couple. I feel like you're just I would holding need to back. Think, okay. No, I would need to think you, you about know, it. You know, okay. it would be more fun. I have gotten some weird ones. What would make for a better I need podcast? To think about that, though. Would be <laughs> instead of listening, put yourself in the headphones of the listener, Mike. Right, right, right. You were asked a very valid question. Yeah, what's the weirdest thing? Right. And we got to listen to you hem and ha, and that's a really weird bit. Well, it's There's a bunch edited, of them. Obviously. There's a bunch of them. No, it's not. Because this makes you. What's good about this is this is all the edited go. No. <laughs> what would have been more interesting to listen to is instead of you saying, oh, I got so many. Is if you just started rattling them all off and then let us stop you? No, stop on that one. That one was good. What? But like Expand. the weird ones. But you didn't. There's just... so few and far between that I forget about those because those are usually things that take 15 minutes, and the ones that I remember are like a dog portrait that takes eight hours. Okay, Mike. Mm-hmm. People want definitive answers. This is kind of like a talk show, right? You need. Well, it's so... technically a podcast. Gun your head, Mike. What's the craziest thing you've ever stenciled? There was a high school in Colorado, and I don't remember what the mascot is, uh, but they had a really bizarre mascot that was supposed to be like a cowboy on a horse, but whatever it was called was like the worst possible thing that you could call that because they, they weren't like the cowboys. They weren't the Red Raiders. They the Rough Riders like or something. Pokes, nothing yeah. like was that. Was it yeah. Richard Tiffany Gear? <laughs> okay, so here's an inside joke. Good job, Kathy. Let's do <laughs> some you. inside jokes for our listeners. You guys. Kathy, um, this is this does actually tie into the mental health episode. How does this tie- I'm going to tell you. We'll let you in on a little secret. Uh, the past two episodes, we, and when I say we, I mean mostly myself, have been not feeling it. Um, two episodes ago, I was coming out of a, a depressive funk that lasted about 36 hours. It was pretty... Uh, I'm glad you're sharing Serious? Yeah. I wouldn't say it's serious. All this stuff's serious. It was, it was something that I needed to take time for. It to was deal serious with. enough that I didn't receive any texts from Rick for like three days. Now, that might not sound like a big deal, <laughs> but I was texting Rick, like important stuff about the show and stuff, oh. too. Yeah. And not hearing anything back, that is so unlike Rick. Usually I'll text him, and within 20 to 30 minutes, I get a response. Mm-hmm. Um, but that was when I was like, "Like, is everything cool over there? Like, yeah. that's You thought that? Yeah, and then yeah. Kathy texted me at one point, too, and was like, I haven't heard anything from Rick. Do you know what's going on? Um, yeah. But of all the things and that And then we could... both decided, eh, we'll just wait until we hear yeah. from him. We'll right. ignore it. Just kidding. No, we... Yeah, exactly. Interesting. But you know what? I'm glad that you shared this because, of the, um, you know, the, you were dealing with what you were dealing with and you, you were being very considerate, too, at the same time about us. And it really made me think, too, that we really depend on each other's vibes and our, each other's energy when we're coming in here. Mm-hmm. And you were really trying. You were really trying in that episode. like The two weeks the, ago? Um, or last I think week, it was or both, actually both. Cause more so one, two weeks ago, more so mm-hmm, two weeks ago, yeah. when we actually kind of like made kind of light of it, like, oh, yeah. we're being passive-aggressive. Right. And we really weren't. It was like, what's going on? Yeah. Let's continue to do this, but also let's just care for each other. But like, like it made sense. It was this. the relationship episode, so of course we're going to start with oh, a that's complete right, the lack relation- of communication. For sure. Right. Right. <laughs> it almost <laughs> seems like we play into the theme. If anyone ever has a, a time where they're just feeling flat, empty inside, I don't know. I, nothing triggers it. It just sort of happens. I mean, I have a very happy life. I got a great wife, two kids, a podcast in my basement with some friends. I got a very fulfilling life. There's nothing to be sad about. So it's just concerning when things just yeah. seem, seem bleak for no reason. But you do get out of it. And then we were talking about, well, we got to do things to pump ourselves up for the show. And mm-hmm. Kathy, being the comic that she is, wants to start doing some... Just kind of getting Games. us geared up and yeah. more and warmed up because that's the thing. Like, it this isn't you know it is similar to stand up where like it's a performing art and that you're you know you're coming in here. People aren't going to tune into us if we're just 
first of all, nobody wants to hear normal. People want to hear real. They want to hear honest, right? Mm -hmm. And so if people are tuning in, we want to bring the energy. Do you ever go to like a family gathering and people are like good guests? I'm doing air quotes here. Good guests (laughs) where they just sit on the couch. They don't make any eye contact, any conversation, nothing. They contribute nothing to the gathering. Mm -hmm. Like that's exactly like in a podcast, you're here to contribute and to be a a piece of it. And so... I thought, like, let's start doing some things to just kind of just, I don't know, generate ideas and thoughts and creativity with three very creative people who are trying to manipulate through all this technical mechanical stuff. Well, you guys are. I just sit here. Right. But but (laughs) why to keep it light Mm -hmm. pre-show today? You brought in a little tin box called it's called Crazy Facts and you open it up and I'll just read this one. It says Emetophia is the fear of vomit. That's, hmm, I don't know what I'm going to do with that information, but it gives us something to talk about. And that's where we learned that Richard <laughs> Gere's middle name that's was right. Tiffany. And okay, bring it back. That was, mm-hmm. that was the personal mm-hmm. joke that I went in a very roundabout way. Yeah, I, I could have like walked the Nuremberg ring during the time <laughs> that that story took place. Yeah, but you would not have gone into anything relevant to the topic of the show, Mike, which is... Right, of course. Okay, so that's why I'm the host and you're over there behind the board. I feel like and we're I say, yelling now. By the way, I say that with love. Mike, I, I love you, man. Yeah, no, I know. And I, I feel like this is and I just feel now, like I feel like, you know, it's it's all... Here's the deal. Some people, I like, I rub the wrong way. Mm-hmm. If I'm going to be snarky with you, that means, like, I got your back. Mike, I love you. I would... I would throw a politician in front of a bus for you. That's what I would do. And Kathy, I feel the same a, a way about you. And well, I'm married, Rick. So I know it. It is. It is great though. Like when when we first started this show, it was like, oh my god, I just ha- like there's so many. I feel like I spin a lot of plates, you know. Mm-hmm. And it's it's like it's hard to keep everything going. Right. And early on, it was like, oh man, here's one more thing that I'm adding to it. But I was talking with a coworker today about coming over here after work, and I was I was like. It's funny because it used to be like, oh, God, I got to do that tomorrow. Like, that's on the schedule. And, like, I looked forward to doing it, but it was also, like, a chore. And now it's gotten to a point where I know that by the time I walk out of here, I'm, like, I'm always feeling great leaving Mm -hmm. here. Like, this is great therapy, I think, because all three of us know we can say whatever we want to any of us. Mm -hmm. And, like, nobody's going to take any of it the wrong way. I can, you know, like, if you have something going on in your personal life, you can bring it up. And, like, we all each other out and stuff I, it's great sometimes we just forget that we have Not that uh, i'm encouraging other people in medfield to start a podcast i don't want that because <laughs> you're competitive there, there are a couple podcasts. you know what as podcasts do pop up in town it'd be kind of fun to shoot the breeze with them you know yeah yeah i, I like what mike's saying though because i completely agree with that doing projects where you feel like you know when you leave, you feel better than when you started. Do you ever like talk to a friend of yours and they're just a positive person? It's not about gossip. It's not about like, you know, one upping each other, but you're just having a conversation and you leave the conversation feeling better than yeah. The, like, that's really what I want like about this pot. Well, I like it because that's how I feel like after I leave this podcast too, but I'd yeah, like but our I'm listeners not, to feel I'm the not same get, way. I, I'm not going to uh, give that to you. Okay. Right. Like, I guess I say nice things on occasion. Um, yeah. There is like a checklist and you know my daughters get on me about this too but there is like have you taken a shower today? Mm. How much water have you drank? Are you dehydrated? Are you are you not clean? Are you like not not that my daughters are clean I'm just saying mm. like that there is this like checklist about like have you gotten sleep? Have you, you know, taken a shower? Have you drank water? Have you eaten today? Have you, like, got up and been active? That stuff gets you out of some of this. Sure. It doesn't cure it, no. but it, the other stuff perpetuates it. What you need is some, some, a momentum shift. You're in a, you're in a, you're in a slump. Mm-hmm. Something's got to change, right? You know, you got to adjust your swing, to use a baseball metaphor. Yeah! Hey, everybody, are you ready for my PowerPoint presentation? I don't think we are. The thing is, you've got 27 pages there of a PowerPoint about Medfield State Hospital. And I'm just, my thing, my my face was, first of all, my face isn't very expressive, okay? Mm, right. I look like I've had Botox and I haven't. This is <laughs> God's work. My face is like, get on with it. <laughs> okay, 
Then just say it. That's the other thing. Just No, you already put a diagram up on my grease board to say, do not interrupt me. That was last week. I'd like to share some of the um, historical data that I found in some research about the Medfield State Hospital. I love history. I know you do, and I love history too. So I'm going to start with this. Um, It was commissioned in 1896 with 150 patients, and it was known as the Medfield Insane Asylum. And um, a couple of things I wanted to... Ooh, this is fun. The R building was built for the, quote, excited female patient. It contained single rooms, and the doors had slots in the bottom, so the feeding tray could be slid inside. Do you know what an excited female patient refers to? Nope. We're, um, I'll give you a three-letter guess. P. No. M. S. Are you kidding me? I don't no. know that excited is the adjective I would use there. Right. I never, I never apologize for being really excited. <laughs> I'm sorry I lashed out at you. I was very excited. You know, could you imagine living in Medfield around the turn of the century and just be like, oh, here we go again. And you send her off to the insane asylum. Drop your wife off for a couple days. Is that what they would do? Is that what it is? Because honestly, so. like that sounds amazing. So you get to go into your own room. Nobody's yeah, not going to bother you Hilton. and someone's going to feed you. Are you yeah, kidding? a true. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about the conditions at the Medfield State Hospital. Here's a quote. Surgical interference is so badly born that you who shall assume the responsibility of operating on insane patients will have nothing but your pains to feed regret. What does that mean? That was a, uh, the state had come in to inspect the um, surgical room, which had a toilet in it, by the way. And that was sort of what they were speaking to as far as the conditions. Uh, let me see what else. Um, oh, you know what? Here's some compassionate stuff. This is when things are starting to change a little bit. There's a man by the name of Dr. John Hart. And in 1970, he said, those who are asked to help should provide consolation and a listening ear as a form of therapy. How about that? He was somebody who believed that not all those needing psychiatric assistance require hospitalization. They can be treated as outpatients. That was like probably really cutting edge at the time, too. Sure. When was this? That, well, that, 1970. That Nin- was 1970. Oh. Dr. John Hart. Now, here's an article I found from the Boston Globe dating back to 1974. I don't think that this Theodore X, Dr. Theodore X. Barber got along very well with Dr. John Hart, the compassionate doctor, because Dr. Theodore X. Barber was a, um, he was studying schizophrenia. He was experimenting with therapies. One of them, I'm going to read you the quote and then I'm going to explain it. His quote is, if we can teach individuals to take pain, we can also teach them to take other bothersome, stressful situations. And effectively, if you read the article, he was sort of thinking if you can inflict pain on a patient and you can sort of separate them from the pain, like that pain is nothing more than a Mm -hmm. message through the nervous system up to your brain. If you can somehow sever that or separate Kind of like mind over matter? Yes, exactly, exactly. If you can do that, then maybe we can transfer that skill into disassociating yourself from those voices that you're hearing in your head or that notion that everybody's looking at me. Well, that's that's pretty progressive. Right, but let's go back to the part. If we can teach individuals to take pain, I would love to know what these... Now, let me tell you something else. Everyone in Medfield, you're going to love this. Years ago, I took pictures of the inside of the Medfield State Hospital. I walked down a hallway, four doors, two on the left, two on the right. First one on the left had an eyeball on it. It said hypnotherapy underneath. The next one had three wavy lines. It said hydrotherapy. The next one on the other side of the of the hallway had an electrical shock and said electrotherapy. There was another one of those four doors. But was like, it Zumba? Zumba therapy. Yes. Zumba. <laughs> that's see, that's why we have you on the show, Kathy. We're making light of I actually believe in hypnotherapy. Have oh, that's really funny done? too, Kathy. People are being shoved in bathtubs with ice cubes and they're getting electro they're getting electro electrical shocks and you're you're thinking no, this is the time to make Hypnotherapy, Zumba jokes. Hypnotherapy I like it, is, actually. is not about ice cubes and like, you know. No, no, not hypnotize. I meant the hydro. Right. I'm saying hypnotherapy. Mm-hmm. I'm a, 
I do that every day. I do hypnotherapy every day. So like I completely believe it. It's, it's all about like, you know, channeling your, sub, your subconscious because like, you know, there's one thing to do mantras like, you know, I like, um, you know, my faith is bigger than my fear and, you know, all those things like I'm not going to listen to anybody else. I, I'm good. I'm good enough. Mm-hmm. That kind of thing. Um, hypnotherapy really gets to like the your subconscious so i do agree with that okay well it sounds like i don't know what the difference is between that and sounds like what you're talking about is meditating no yeah Uh, where hypnotherapy is you're in a room with somebody and that person is taking you into a state I'm realizing we That's probably should have had an expert on this episode. No, no, I got it. That guys, do you see the PowerPoint that um, I prepared? I read a couple of articles and did some no, research. Hypnotherapy so. is not that. Isn't that something else? Isn't that called something else? Um, can I ask you a question about this? Yeah. Was it was it men and women at the Medfield State Hospital, or yes. was it? Yep. Oh. Yep. There was even a uh, a building there for the criminally insane. Wait, let's just concerning. make this more dicey. Yeah. But anyway. Uh, that was just something I thought I'd, that was worth sharing, you know? I mean, we've come a long way. John F. Kennedy, when he was president, started deinstitutionalizing the United States, and, and now we just drug everybody. And you're, or, or we don't drug you, because you need to go get your own help now. Yeah! Okay, well, guys, I think we set up a really fun, exciting show. And as I talk, you guys are laughing at me, and that's a good vibe. Right, that feels it's a good. Very makes good me vibe. makes me feel comfortable and confident that we're doing a good thing here. So, let's go to uh, commercial, and when we come back, we will talk to our Scuttlebutt Junior correspondent, Mary Long, nice. from Medfield High School. This year has been causing stress for everybody. I mean, even the fall season just tried to pass 2020 off the winter early. Snow before Halloween? Get out of here with that. Plowing, shoveling, spreading, ice melt, they do it all, and they do it promptly. Call Mario's Lawn Care for your snow clearing needs, and he'll come over to your house and line your driveway with those long, skinny, orange fiberglass sticks to protect your lawn from the plow. Also worth noting, kids, you need to stop playing with those long, skinny, orange fiberglass sticks you like bending them backwards and whacking your friends which is totally funny i get it but you're gonna really make your dad mad so don't do it anyway where was i oh yeah you can clear the snow yourself or you can always leave it to the pros and call mario's lawn care every small town has charm but only one small town can have park street books medfield it doesn't seem fair but fear not Our friend and owner of Park Street Books, Jim James, has opened his doors to every small town in America. From Intercourse, Pennsylvania, (laughs) or Blue Balls or Bird in Hand, Pennsylvania, nearby (laughs) neighboring towns, to Boring, Oregon, and beyond. Come visit parkstreetbooks.com and browse the wide array of thoughtfully chosen books, toys, games, and puzzles. Or visit the store at 504 Main Street in Medfield. Let's check in with Mary Long, Skittlebutt Junior Correspondent. Hey Mary, how you doing? Uh, I'm spectacular, how are you? Good. What did you think of that open? That was sick. Great Mike did not like the segment. I wow. thought it, I thought it was a little longer wow. than it needed to be. What's Mary's last name? Oh, I see what you did there, Rick. Okay. Boom. Answer long. Here's another song that I found, and I didn't think it was appropriate because it didn't really speak highly. Oh well, let's play it then. Have you ever heard of Deep Purple? No. Okay. Wow! How dare you say such a thing? Mary Long is a hypocrite. By the way, say Mary Long is a hypocrite. Yeah, that's how it opens up, and the song's called Mary Long. Did you know that song existed? I didn't, but now I'm kind of flattered. Mary Long, how are you doing today? Hi, Mary. Um, interesting. It's going interesting. (laughs) It was was better before you came here, wasn't it? So, Mary, um, scuttlebutt correspondent, what is going on? Um. With you and, and school, everything you know, really? hanging in there? I'm, I'm going to be honest. Mm-hmm. No, I'm not hanging yeah. in there. That's too bad. 
It's just... What's the problem? Remote learning is mm-hmm. cutting off your social life. Yeah. Making it harder with people who struggle with things like depression or ADHD. Makes them harder for them to learn and motivate themselves when they're not in the classroom. Mm-hmm. It, it just kind of makes everyone struggle. And everyone... Like, you're separated. It's cohort A and B. You're separated from your friends. Like, right. it's just kind of like... All right, follow-up for all the boomers and parents out there that are like, oh, suck it up. We had to deal with it, too. Uh, And I will— Hey, by the way, those are our listeners Yeah, no, I know. So don't talk about—you don't talk like this, Mike. mm. (laughs) Uh, For those people uh, that didn't have to deal with a pandemic, uh, what would you tell those people that that are—say, like, oh, well, we had to deal with this stuff, too, and, you know, you just have to roll with it? I don't know. It just— it almost makes you a stronger person, but again, it's like getting over that. You literally have to find some way to motivate yourself and keep yourself going because if you don't, you're just going to like spiral downhill and remote learning is going to kick your ass. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it feels like it seems like it's like kind of lonely, even though like you are Very. in a group and it is virtual and you are connecting with people. Not really. There's just like this barrier. Who's in your house during the day? When you're uh, at school. My little brother and my parental units. Your parental units. Okay, <laughs> so mom, dad, and how old is your brother? 15. Okay. You've been very open about things like your depression and uh, ADD or ADHD. And, and you know, I deal with that stuff too. And with regard to your ADD stuff, things have changed, but... Um, when I was in first grade, on my first day of school, this article in my local paper, I grew up in Concord, New Hampshire, and the Concord Monitor sent the reporter to my classroom, Mrs. Clow's class at Dame School, and she picked a couple students, about four or five of us, and just sort of followed us throughout our day. And this was a hit piece against me. I could not imagine <laughs> saying the things that this person said about a little boy who was, what, six? Kristen is flawless in debut. Yeah, now read what she talks about. Kristen Young was too nervous to eat yesterday. No, 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 no. You don't have to read the whole thing. Oh, sorry, sorry. Read the part where I circled it. Okay. Didn't know how to explain that. I'm going to breathe through my nerves right now. Um, During the first coloring assignment, only one person at a time was to visit the crayon bin in the back of the room. Ricky Fink forgot that rule. As he approached the bin, Sarah Thompson was there looking for the right color. Does she know how to read? There can only be one person up here, she said. She scolded. Ricky rushed back to his seat. Seconds later, he made what seemed to be a three-yard dash to find a green crayon. <laughs> <laughs> how, many, how many zingers did she fit in there? Like, yeah. Well, oh, and going back to what I would just like to echo what Kathy said this last week. This is a hate week. piece. Yeah. <laughs> yep. It's really great to see such brutal honesty in the media, right? <laughs> I mean, like, sure. no. Nice callback, Mike. It's very editorialized. Mm-hmm. Is that all they had to write about? No, they checked back no. with me at the end of the day, wanting to see how things were. You know, hey, Ricky, what did you think today? Mike, what, what did I say? Lunchtime came fast. Leah Larber. <laughs> Leah Larber. Leah Lorber. Well, okay, I agree to disagree on that one. Leah Lorber <laughs> was asked what she thought of first grade so far. This is on the first day. Hey, what do you think of this so far? I sort of like everything, she said. <laughs> uh, prepare to be disappointed, kid. Sarah Thompson said she liked it, and Kristen, whose meal energized her, said, I couldn't wait to get here. This woman does not have kids. None of these names are normal. What is the meal plan? Yeah, no, it was just a regular- New Hampshire. Basically, that's her way of pointing out that the kid had a sugar high, and she couldn't deal with it, so she had to write it in those terms. First of all, nobody says energized in the first grade. Well, Wendy Kazirsky does. (laughs) I hope she's not in journalism anymore. <laughs> this is misquoted. This is another name I'm going to say wrong, and Rick's going to call me on it. Bria C.A. Say. Say. <laughs> Bria Say. Thought it was pretty good. Wait, Kathy, if you're trying to hold it together now, just wait. Neat, Ricky Fink said. Thanks. I like that you get Let's to- point out his limited vocabulary. He came up with neat. I like that you get to eat here instead of going home and eating. I like it because my teacher is nice, and I have fun coloring- he said everything he had done so far. <laughs> she had to mention he that said, part. <laughs> I hate this woman. <laughs> this is the best. <laughs> My favorite thing is that you brought this down here. 
Kathy and I had no idea that this existed, sure. and you My brought it out right of the now. frame. Because if you're to... going to talk about mental health and you're a lighthearted comedic show, you need uh, to... Yeah, yeah. What are you going to do? You have to be self-deprecating. Kathy, are you ready for this? He said everything he had done so far was his favorite thing. <laughs> <laughs> you guys what? laugh, but I'm, I'm on another wait, level. Where's I'm that other a, piece of paper? What? what are the where's pe- the first half of this What's article? What's next? So, <laughs> I love says, getting publicly shamed. Yeah. My teacher is nice, but didn't this say you went up there and you were told there can only one be one person up here? And she scolded, <laughs> it no. says. The journalist writes that the teacher scolded. Was that the teacher scolding him? Yeah. Do you think scolding Ricky, is the appropriate word? Do you do you Ricky see, rushed back to his seat. Do you see a first grade teacher actually scolding a child for, for sure. grabbing a crayon? Absolutely not. When was this? Not. 1971. This was 1982. Oh, 1982. Sorry, um, I'm dating myself. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, it's the 81-82. Absolutely. Like it was like in then to do like tough love and like not like kids. We haven't even gotten to the survey yet, which is really why we're here. But while we have you here, let's hang out because you are the junior correspondent for Small Town Scuttlebutt. So let's get to know you a little bit. How come you have never tried filet mignon? Oh, so that, okay, this is a funny story. This is an ongoing joke with my family. Okay. My father makes filet mignon every single year, multiple times a year. That's I've tried filet mignon. Good job, Dad. Exactly. That is a good that's a good cut of meat. That is the tender side of a T bone adjacent to the Sirloin. New York strip. I have no idea. Clearly you don't, but go on. All right. I've I've had it all my life. Mm-hmm. But one Christmas, I think it was two thousand seventeen, he made filet mignon for Christmas, like we had every year, and I was like, I've never had this before in my life. Okay. And then he's like, yes, you have. I'm like, nope, I've never had it. And I'm like, oh, it's actually pretty good because I tried it. Uh-huh. So now every time I eat it, I pretend I've never had it. That's it's a- just a little like father-daughter busting your chops joke. That's cute. That's chops, good. That's I what I, I like that. That it's was a pork a t- joke. I want those kind of moments with my daughter. You just got to hang out. Poke right? him with a stick. Yep. There you go. <laughs> I have another follow-up. Uh-huh. Unless anyone else would like to go. Oh, okay. I'll do all the work, guys. You just sit there. You never sent this to us. Um, can you uh, can you tell us the difference between orchard and orchid? Oh, these are very personal questions. Again, that's on- okay though, right? Oh yeah, no. Your mom provided them to me. I yeah, I, I you trust figured me. it out. Ab- okay. We're texting. We're buds. Right, right. Me and Lynn. Hey, Lynn. This is this What's is up, just a little um. Little story about my brother. If you're listening, Michael, I'm a little, I'm still frustrated by this. We go apple picking with our family friends, and mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm like being uh, like uh, the entertainer, and I'm like, is it apple orchard or apple orchid? Like trying to be funny, and everyone was getting a kick out of it. Uh-huh. Everyone was like, you're adorable. I, I, I was, I was <laughs> precious. I was like in my little <laughs> apple picking. Don't attire. speak in past tense. You I are am precious. adorable. Yes, I there am you precious. Go. <laughs> there you go. But my brother. Mm-hmm. Weeks later, just start saying it like it's his joke, oh, and I was like, a oh, "Joke no. stealer! You got three comics, or two, co- one comic, two wannabe comics, uh, one. You have one real comic, one. You're really stepping com- on Mary's story here, but go. You got three people that like comedy, <laughs> and and a golden rule is never steal, steal a joke. joke. So, what's your brother's name? Michael. Yeah, Michael, dude, mm-hmm. not cool, but go on. So. And the worst part about it, this is probably what started my depression, was everyone <laughs> was laughing harder when he did it. Well, it's all in the delivery. I was like, I even said it in a funny tone, I can't do it anymore, but mm-hmm. it was, I was so upset. I was uh-huh. like, you literally just like stole my thunder. So then I had to think months, how do I how do I steal the attention back? And I did, because I'm, I'm funnier than him. That is so funny that- I like your confidence, Mary. You know. Yeah, I asked your mother to send in some stuff so we could just get to know you better, and that's what she's given us. She also has another one. Should I go on? Mm-hmm. You were a beast at opti racing, oh. which is sailing. Oh. Um, oh, you're a uh, you're a boiled peanut connoisseur. Oh yeah. So it all started when I went to South Carolina with my family, mm-hmm. 
And my mom grew up down south. She's a, she's all all I know the south things. Let me show you around. Okay. And one of the things was boiled peanuts, and I was like, I hate peanuts. This is gonna be gross. Mm-hmm. It was delicious. All right. Here's another cool fact, and this is cool because um, you should do this sometime with my kids. Uh oh. You're an expert fisherman. Oh, I love fishing. What's the game fish that you go for? Okay, so I like fish in like the cemetery, so it's it's nothing nothing big, but <laughs> but they got no. I a, a buddy of mine caught about a four pound bass in there. No, yeah, there's some good fish in there, but mm-hmm. good my, fishing. You know? Yeah, she's talking the talk. No, I know. I just love it because, like, we are talking about Fine Lake Cemetery, and you're like, there's some good fish. <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> like, and suddenly we're in Arkansas. That was great. Okay. Um, but so my brother, he goes fishing in there with his friends. Mm-hmm. I will drive there. I will take one of their rods. Yep. I will catch the first fish of the day. No kidding. They will be out there for 30 minutes. I'm just going. I'm naturally gifted. Why is it? Or do you have the karma? Is it? It's, or do it's you just have a like a fisherman aura that just like pulls me i'll be over here with my boiled peanuts yeah so well you didn't ask answer the question which is which game fish is your favorite to go after okay deep sea fishing you gotta do bluefish oh interesting not a striper no okay or tuna have you ever gone for tuna i've never i don't even i don't like tuna yeah what i'm excited about mary being here for is there's a lot going on in the high school here and that Mm. You know, things aren't as, like, great as they seem. And, yeah, you know, we're shifting with everybody else during this pandemic. But um, there is a prevailing problem happening here. And I want to address it. And that's what we're going to do tonight. And I I think it's so great that that you not only came on this, but you're like, let's talk about real stuff, you know? And I think what you're trying to move things along to the study, right? Absolutely. Okay, you did so great. Mary's brainchild here. This is Mary's brainchild. Mary, do you want to tell us about this? All right, I created a survey sent mm-hmm. to children and then a similar survey sent to parents about their children at the high school level. And these questions were student-based and we're mm-hmm. getting the raw information from the anyone who is a child of a parent in high school. So let's hear what, what, what we got. All right, so I started off with, do you enjoy remote learning? Because that's been a source of sadness anger depression many ranging emotions in the youth and um 53.6 percent said no and a majority Mm -hmm. of the other percentage said sort of Uh so obviously we're off to a negative trend here Mm yeah but i i was i was one of the people who said no i'll be honest you know Mm -hmm. but um then we go why and a lot of people so we got more of remote work than remote learning self-paced so that's okay wait let's stop there they're getting more remote work than remote learning that yeah. so what they're getting is basically in their they feel like it's busy work yeah no and i can agree with that because when i'm in school i don't get as much work as i do then when i'm not in school i just get bombarded with assignments um and then some of the similar responses were it is boring and makes me depressed because there's no social interactions i don't get to see my friends in school and have a real experience i learn better in front of a teacher and miss all my friends so obviously a lot of like mm-hmm. focusing and emotional like you're just distraught in these times. You just need you need your social life. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. All righty. And then I took um kind of like a poll and it was what makes at home being more difficult. And some people could write their own answers, but most people just voted on the options given. Mm-hmm. And now the options parents, siblings, work overload, focusing, no structure, no social interaction and no one helps. The three leading responses were focusing, work overload, and parents. In that order? Yeah, in that order. Okay, so focusing. Focusing is the biggest difficulty or challenge for high school kids with remote learning. And the second one was work overload. And then so how important are the following to you, left being the least important to right being the most important? And the options were well-being, success, and satisfying parents. The two leading responses involved satisfying parents at the most important and them well-being at the least important, which is kind of sad in my opinion. And success is in the middle? And success is just in the middle. And I think it's sad that people, and I, I, I do this too, that people have to put that they're thinking about their parents' satisfaction before their own satisfaction because they're scared of what their parents will say or do. Parents of Medfield, words from your child's mouth. 
typed onto the survey and sent in. Mm -hmm. What is one thing you wish you could tell your parents? Someone said, I don't know. That wasn't very helpful. <laughs> that I hate online learning. A lot of thought. They probably that. do know that. Wait a second. I was going to say, there's a kid out there that can't say that to their parents. Exactly. I'd be Mom, I every this day. better be good. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> I put big emphasis on this one, but mm -hmm. I'm trying my hardest and stuff is hard. And the pressure you put on me to be the best student in person possible is very stressful. I think in a town like Medfield where it's who's the smartest, who's going to make it big. Like that is very true. Then we got um, to have more patience with my work. I'm actually trying harder than you think. Um, we got a f you. Um, um, and the last thing that was, this varies very differently from the parent survey. Do you feel like you can talk to your parents or guardians about personal things? Actually, 67% said yes, but the other 32% said no. Okay, so two, two out of three kids have a relationship with their parents where they can talk to them about anything. Anything is a lot of things. Mm, but then... On the parent survey, mm -hmm. eight or ninety percent of parents said yes. My kid can talk to me. I think my kid tells me everything. Oh, that's interesting. Wow, so, yeah. I would think a parent would kind of just remember when they were a kid and say, "I'm sure there's a lot they don't want to talk to me about." I think that's why we right? parent differently now, though, because the okay. way that we were brought up, thinking that I didn't want to bother my parents, or my parents were too busy, yeah. or we didn't have that conversation. So I'm gonna be this. I'm gonna be this kind of parent to my kids because I didn't get that. And sometimes that works. Works and sometimes I think there's something in the middle of the road. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But it would also yeah. be interesting to know: Do they really think that, or do they just not want to look bad for the survey? And they're like, "Yeah, my kid, my kid tells me everything." When you're in the thick of it, when your kids are in high school, you feel like you're in the weeds of parenting, and you're in the thick of this because the only questions you get are, "How you doing? So where are they gonna go? What's going on?" You know, like those are the questions, and you have to remember one thing. You can lie. <laughs> you lie on your holiday letters. You can lie about your kid's future. Like, let them just do what they're going to do. If I did this over, over, I would have just lied. I would have had a great backstory, and I would have let my kids do it. Yeah. I did do what they wanted to do, but that doesn't mean that I didn't have, like, night sweats about SAT scores and, you know, the, the common app and stuff. And I, I wish, like, somebody just stepped back and said, um, let them take their time. They're gap years. They're community college. Um, they, you know, they're going to be fine. And they, or they'll go where they want to go. And, that, and that'll be that. You know, there's enough colleges, especially here. There's so many colleges. We can throw a stone at a college or a university. Well, uh, this one kind of hurt me a little. Um, do you enjoy the additional time your child is home? 37% said sort of. 21% <laughs> said no. And only 42% said yes. And now I'm scared that my parents are one of those 42% or one of those no percentages. Okay. But then the, the last thing was what is one thing you think your kid wants to tell you but they can't? And this is what I like urge Medfield parents, like especially in my shoes, like this is what happened to me. Check in on your kids. Even if you, even if they won't tell you anything, it's good to check in on them because parents answered. They are depressed. She's anxious and worried about the future. I don't, um, like, well, I don't care what you think I should do with my life. Like, there's just a lot of pressure. What's a good way to check in? I mean, obviously, reading body language is like when I like kind of started like my journey with depression. I just kind of got like around the house, just kind of got antisocial and lazy. Like, I just like lay in bed all day. We didn't really want to talk to anyone. And then sometimes I'm like that, and then sometimes I'm like a burst of energy when I'm around people. Mm -hmm. But then, honestly, talking to your kids, if you bring it up to them, then they'll probably tell you because they feel like a lot of the most heartbreaking thing I hear about kids is that whenever they mention it to their parents, their parents say they're faking it or they're just overreacting. Really? But if your parents ask you and believe you, yeah. then they're more likely to open up to you. Yeah. And it feels nice that someone cares. Like you, like I, whenever my mom says that, I'm like, you understand that I'm not myself. And like, that is reassuring as a kid that my parents believe me and that they're going to help. It's, it's helpful. And even to Gen Z out there, if you're listening, check in on your friends too. You might not see it or they may not see it, but you just got to check in anyway, because then they might just dump everything on you and you realize, man, they really are having a tough time. Yeah. Yeah, you know what I want to say, too, is that because we do have a junior correspondence now, we're a small town scuttlebutt, and if you're listening to this and this is how you feel, too, we, we're we here, Mary's here, you know, like, you know, reach out, and um, there are resources that we'll give you links to and stuff that just, just know that, like, 
It does get it better and you're not alone. Yeah! What's the deal with the high school kids being given a platform via the grievance line to talk smack about whatever <laughs> they want and we'll air it and it's anonymous? You could do that. Why wouldn't you? If you're one of the folks out there with the, with the baggage that Rick was talking about and you go to Facebook, please, we already said you can contact us, but when you do that, We'd love it if you'd ask us politely, hey, I'm struggling with this baggage. Can you help me with it? Don't be the one that's trying to jam that giant oversized bag into the overhead. Mm -hmm. We all see you. Yeah. And we all know it. Good, good we, analogy. It doesn't work. This it's is why Mike's on the podcast. It. Pushing harder Go, Mike. isn't going to fix it. Ask us for help. Yep. We've got four people sitting in this room right now. We will all listen. Send us a message. No, I, I talk. Oh, okay, right. You what guys are, are listening. I will say what I'm not going to listen to you. But message Kathy Ferris, mm -hmm. message Mike Page, message Mary Long. We will get back to you. CC and we'll me hear on you those out. emails. When we were putting this episode together, we really struggled with like how deeper we're going to go, how light were we going to go, and Mary really brought us to this place of like, wait a minute, I think people just need another person to like connect to or reach out to, and just to know in this town that there are three, maybe four, Rick, um, people that you can reach out to. I'll, I'm going to put my hat in the ring too for like the parents of these kids. Like, I'm here too if you need to talk. Uh, believe me, a parent who's <laughs> sort of been there. Uh, I have been there. Already. I'm still in this, mm -hmm. and and that, and I'm fine with it, and I'm proud of my girls and where they're and the, where they're ha where they're going, and that this is a very normal thing. And I'm a good parent. You're a good parent. And there we go. Um, you've Let's called go me a bad Halloween parent, candy. actually. But anyway, hey, um, Mary, thanks so much for coming in. Um, I hope you like the intro. Right? I do. The okay. intro is fire. I yeah. don't know what Mike's talking about. I know. Fire. I'm gonna. <laughs> I'm gonna send you, you know what? I'm gonna give it to you. It should be your ringtone. I. I'm so fine with that. I will email that to you later today. Thanks for coming in. Thank you for having me. And we'll have you on soon. Peace out. All right. Thanks for listening to another episode of Small Town Scuttlebutt. If you loved what you just heard, please be sure to tell a friend. If you hated it, um, maybe just keep that to yourself. I mean, surely you just listened to this episode and you realize maybe we don't need that kind of negativity in our lives. And you can just <laughs> hold that to yourself. Uh, next week, we have Jim James uh, back visiting in Rick's basement, um, and we will also be covering a bunch of listener-submitted topics. You could send it through the grievance line. You could send it to Rick, Kathy, myself, however you mm -hmm. want to get it to us. You can post them on our Facebook page, at Small Town Scuttlebutt, or on our Instagram page, at Small Town Scuttlebutt. But next week, we are getting into those topics. This is your chance to be a part of our show like you've always wanted to be. Get those questions in there. What ridiculous small town topic do you want us tackling? And don't forget, use the overhead bin responsibly. <laughs> Another and, great callback, and Mike. ask for Wonderful. help with your baggage. Thanks for listening, everybody. For Mary Long, Kathy Ferris, and Rick Fink Jr., I'm Mike Page, and this has been Small Town Scuttlebutt. That wraps up another episode of Small Town Scuttlebutt, the only podcast that reacts to the overreaction of other people reacting to small town problems. If you like what you heard, please tell a friend about us. Small Town Scuttlebutt is released every Thursday wherever great podcasts are downloaded. Interact with the show and send your comments, videos, and voice memos to grievances at smalltownscuttlebutt.com. Our standards are low, so feel confident your correspondence will be seen and addressed on a future show. Rick Fink Jr., Mike Page, and Kathy Ferris are represented by the Bravo Talent Group. Get in touch with the show by sending your email to leannebravo at smalltownscuttlebutt.com. Special thanks to our sponsors and listeners like you. And again, don't forget to tell your friends about Small Town Scuttlebutt.